Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Podcast in the Pear Tree. I'm Danielle. I'm Samantha. And I'm Aaron Lee. And we are going to be reviewing Merry Textmas on Lifetime. But before we dive into it, what did we see this week? Anything we want to talk about? I saw a fabled Christmas or a fabled holiday. I think it was fabled Christmas. I think it was fabled Christmas on Hallmark with Brooke Dorsey and some other guy. I was excited about this. I thought the premise was really good. I thought they had a lot of really cute little hooks. It was very storybooky. Each section in between the commercials was a chapter. It was very Brigadoony if you're into musical theater at all and you've seen Brigadoon, but it was poorly executed. It really lost my interest quickly and I was really disappointed because the potential was there and it just fell flat. Mm, I cannot recommend I know. Also, I was wrong. It is a fabled holiday. (laughs) Redo it as a fabled Christmas next year and maybe do better. Sucks when Hallmark has a stinker, you know, like (laughs) they do. They They come out with some. I mean, I've watched many a Hallmark movie and said no. How about you, Samantha? I watched, okay, so not a stinker on Hallmark. I watched hashtag Xmas, which I really like. I loved that one. Yeah, it was kind of a smarter, more current social media influencer type of a film that had a lot of twists and turns and I don't want to give away too much. I just think people should watch it. I think it's great. So Erin Lee, weren't you going to talk about A Cozy Christmas Inn? Okay, A Cozy Christmas Inn. This is a sequel to my absolute favorite Candace Cameron Bray movie, Christmas Under Wraps, and it does not compare to the original, if you ask me. It's cute, it's fine, it's adorable, but watch the original. I don't need to watch this one again, whereas I watch Christmas Under Wraps every single single year. It was fun because we had Jody Sweeten who played Stephanie Tanner on Full House, taking over for Candace Cameron Bure as the love interest and she was the lead actor's ex-girlfriend that he talked about in the first one very briefly, but it was just a lot of that's Garland for you. Yeah, yeah. It brought in the same exact actors, too. Yeah, and that was great, but I can leave it. I feel like I need to watch Christmas Under Wraps again because I did not like this movie, the cozy Christmas one. Just Sounds like, like you... not, I don't, I don't, I didn't like think it was connected to Christmas Under Wraps. I didn't know that until you told me. And so now I feel like I need to watch Christmas Under Wraps to understand the connections because on its own, I thought it sucked. Yeah, I gave it points because they did have the same cast and they kept saying, that's Garland for you. Right. They even made references that were very specific to the last movie like the clothes oh there's these pants that have fleece in the i forgot what it was like sweatpants or something like that material mm-hmm. under the whatever still i think one of candace cameron beret's funniest deliveries when they're like let's talk about something else and she's like today i bought jeans lined with sweatpants yeah. it's just very funny when she did it i'm not doing it justice we need to call candace cameron beret for that And I also want to bring up the film we were originally going to review for this episode, which was A New Orleans Noel. And the reason we were going to review it is because Patti LaBelle is in it. It also stars Keisha Knight Pulliam, and it is executive produced by Whoopi Goldberg. But I watched the film. It wasn't terrible, but it also was, it was just like a nice normal film. I kind of wish Patti LaBelle had sang at some point, but that didn't happen. She didn't sing? 
No, no. Sing, that's yeah. like when Josh Groban guest starred on Glee and didn't sing. I'm like, why do you get Josh <laughs> Groban and then have him not sing? Why do you get Patty LaBelle and have her not sing? Yeah, it was. That's just a mistake. Surprising. Yeah, they could have had her sing at some point. I mean, she was this icon for um, being the first black woman to have a confectionery. Is that what it was? And really good pralines, because that's what New Orleans. Right. It's, it's it's in New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. I felt like it made New Orleans look really Christmassy and charming. And I was like, oh, I'd like to go to New Orleans this time of year. I thought that was nice. I didn't get to watch it yet, but I do want to watch it because I want to compare it to Hallmark's New Orleans movie, All Saints mm. Christmas, mm. which I felt also was kind of lackluster. It wasn't terrible, but it just wasn't great. I didn't realize that there was another New Orleans movie out. Yeah, All Saints Christmas on Hallmark. It's a different network. Uh, but instead, we are reviewing Merry Textmas. And I'm grateful we were willing to review this film because I started watching it. I wasn't sure what it was going to be about. Again, I'm going into this blind. And I thought to myself, OK, let's just see. Clearly, there's going to be texting involved. But within the first 10 minutes, I was kind of sold because I was like, what? Oh, this is happening. Because how it starts is that you see the lead character. Her name's Gabby. And she is on the phone. She calls her grandmother who lives in Mexico and Hawaka and they're like, I'm we're coming, you know, for Christmas. And then she's like, I'm gonna get a group text started. And then her dad's like, Oh, add this person to the family group text. And so she's adding it and he's she he's saying the number, but she types in the number wrong and then inadvertently adds somebody, <laughs> a stranger to the group text. And just it's something that could happen in real life, right? You're putting together a group text, you're adding a number, but she types in a number wrong, and then she adds this guy, Alex. And then all of a sudden, this guy, his phone's blowing up and getting all these group texts, which we know how group texts are, especially family group texts can be. And at some point they realize that this person is a stranger and is like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like, feel free to leave, etc. But he's kind of amused by it. And then what ends up happening is that covertly the dad in the group text invites Alex to their family Christmas in Mexico. There's your setup. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Well, I think also because, you know, Alex, he has this sort of family storyline of like his parents are busy. He's not really connected. Yeah, he's not yeah, this like yeah. really warm family. And he's on this group text with this really great family. And he's, oh, I don't know, he's kind of enchanted by them. And so then, yeah, they invite him because he's, well, he says he's by himself for Christmas because his parents are on like a holiday somewhere. And so then they're like, oh, but, um, you know, Gabby's single and this guy's alone and he's cute because they can. <laughs> He's sending photos of himself. Selfies. <laughs> yeah, selfies. And and he and he does it's, he's real in the sense that he's like, Oh, this is weird. He's like, I should I should not go. But then his parents egg him on to go. So I guess you're right. There is some realism there. It's not like he just jumps in blindly and like, yeah, he understands there's awkwardness and Gabby understands there's awkwardness. But yeah. I think everybody understands there's awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of that happened, but there are just, just a lot of really fresh elements that I really like. I, I hope you all thought it was enjoyable in many, many regards. We were in a different location for this movie. I agree. I really had a good time watching this. And Samantha and Danielle, you both know that I am very much a winter person. I want my Christmas movies to take place in the winter. I want snow. I want evergreens. That's what I want. Sherry keeps trying to get me to watch Holiday in the Wild, which is in Africa on a safari and I'm like 
No, there's no snow. I want it's snow in my Christmas movie. And so this one taking place in Oaxaca, I was a little nervous. There's going to be no snow. But this movie did something different for me. This movie made me interested in the traditions of Oaxaca to the point that I was looking it up today on the internet to see what they do and which of the traditions that I saw in the movie are actually happening. And it was really, really fascinating. Mm. And I really enjoyed how colorful their Christmas Mm. was. It wasn't Mm. just red and green. It was a rainbow of colors and it was Mm. so bright and so beautiful. And I feel like the cinematography in this film really captured Mm -hmm. that essence and that feel. And it really got me involved. And so I appreciated this film, not just for the story, which is adorable. It's really, really cute, but because it really inspired me to go out and learn about a new culture. And I am going to read a little more about Oaxacan holiday traditions. It sounds fascinating and interesting, and I appreciate that. Well, and to add, Oaxacan food is delicious. Um, But I'll add to that, Erin Lee, in terms of the setting, they did such a great job of, I don't know, it looked a little bit, it looked magical. And it's interesting to me because, you know, with the, um, what's the one that Mario Lopez was in the Lifetime one, Holiday in Santa Fe? Oh, Holiday in Santa Fe. The Holiday in Santa Fe. And Santa Fe is a very magical kind of place and they filmed it there in the plaza and everything and I felt like this film captured Oaxaca so much better than that one did Santa Fe and Mm. it was really really beautiful. Well definitely I mean we learned a lot about the the 12 challenges which was a huge premise in the movie because the family is doing this together as part of the traditions and then the main characters because they happen to both be in a very similar industry with Gabby who is the lead. Uh, She's a coder but then Alex the guy is a UX designer so they are very compatible techies here and so they create an app to track the completion of the 12 challenges so as the family does them they like share photos etc I thought that was really a great way to incorporate both the work that they do and that modern as well as the the traditions and highlighting that in the town what's nice is that like their personalities their jobs complement one another Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Did I just write a tagline? (laughs) But then you have the family that just like any other family really wants her to find somebody. And so there's that whole Mm -hmm. background always happening. With, you know, the parents and the and the grandmother and everything. So. I, and the thing is, their fa- the family was so lively and not as two-dimensional as I would expect them to be. Like, her abuela is, was so vibrant and feisty. Wow. Mm-hmm. This woman. she She's on her own, like, romantic story. Like, here on the side with the mayor. Uh, I was like, let's do it. Yeah, and I don't think there was two-dimensionality at all here. I thought this was an incredibly three-dimensional film. You two can correct me if I'm wrong. I've never hung out with a group of women, just women, because I'm a man. But the conversation that the sister and sisters and the mom Mm -hmm. and the grandmother had in Mm -hmm. the kitchen Mm -hmm. seemed so spot on to me. That in my imagination is 
what women actually talk about when they're alone together. I felt like I was a fly on the wall spying on a private conversation. And that's kind of what I'm looking for in a lot of films and a lot of things like this is I want to see your vulnerability. I want to see your personality. I want to see your private life on the screen. And that's what I saw here. And I really, really appreciated that. I thought that was a really beautiful scene, a really fun scene. And and almost made the movie for me. I appreciate you sharing that, Aaron Lee, because I think the genuine moments that it captures and the experience of their family is very genuine. Um, and I also want to comment on the genuineness and capturing also this immigrant slash first gen experience in the U.S. There's a really um, there's a scene that actually like I teared up a little bit when uh, Gabby and Alex are talking about just assimilating in the U.S. and their experiences. Alex in particular was talking about how he has his parents are also from Mexico, but he's lost touch with that side of himself because he felt like he didn't belong. So he kind of really let go of that side of him because he was being teased about it. And that also honestly personally also brought up a lot of things for me because that was also my experience. <laughs> um, having to, uh, you kind of lose a little bit of it because your environment, it, it people tease you, your accent, et cetera, um, to kind of have this assimilation experience. And then Gabby also echoing that for her when she moved, having people tease her as well. I just, it felt very genuine. And uh, I was like, whoever wrote this, they are definitely writing from experience. And I really appreciated tackling that issue. Well, and then he also had this element of like, he was trying to kind of find himself again through Gabby and through her taking him through Oaxaca and her family. And he was kind of enchanted by the whole situation situation on the group text but then when he, he got there she kind of was like you know you're just rediscovering who you are again and so that was a really nice part of it too it was really cozy and I, I don't know I enjoyed that I enjoyed a lot of this film I thought it was great did anybody else enjoy that the title in addition to being you know about texting also because they are from Texas and textmas yeah I, yes. I love I, that was just exciting for me I'm yeah. like oh textmas sounds like Texas yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well and before I watched it because I knew nothing going into it Danielle told me it's in a different location something we haven't seen before and I was like, okay. And so I saw that skyline and I was like, oh, that's Austin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is Texas. So I like really pride myself, you guys, on um, being able to identify skylines like immediately. <laughs> Um, yes. I was like, this is either. I did not know this was your hidden talent. I love yes, it. I was like, this I'm going to make you flashcard. Good. <laughs> I was like, this is either Austin, Albuquerque, or Tucson. But then there's the the water, and I was like, it's Austin. They have <laughs> that is so similar cool. Architecture in some of their um, skyscraper buildings. Anyways, but Austin, yeah, fun. Texas, Oaxaca. Samantha loves Austin, y'all, and especially their airport. I had a layover in Austin. <laughs> Samantha was like, you have a layover in Austin. That's great. <laughs> they have live music in the airport. They did. Also a good place for food. <laughs> I had some food at the Austin airport while enjoying some live music. <laughs> I'm going to have a super long layover in Austin for a trip coming up. So I will keep that in mind. Yeah, not a bad airport to get stuck at. It's a good airport. <laughs> <laughs> I 
fine. It's not too big. It's manageable. Be, be thankful you're not at JFK. <laughs> well, what do we think? I want to watch it again. I do. I want to watch it again. I want to see those colors again. I want to see those beautiful dresses when the women were spinning at the end and they we were seeing the, the in English, it's a parade, but uh, they called it a posada, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were in these beautiful, bright colored dresses and spinning and dancing. I want to see that again. So yeah, I'd watch it again. I'd watch it again too. I thought it was really nice and it was fun and it was current. I didn't find it cheesy. I thought it was really nice. And same, I think if I watch it again, I probably will pick up on different things that I didn't see the first time, especially with the different traditions and the challenges. I mean, Toroska de Reyes bread. I'm like, wait, how do you make this again? Right. Uh, or like, what are these radishes? The night of the radishes. I need to kind of figure that out a little bit more. Um, or yeah, even I was like, reading about that today online. Oh, yeah. The night of the radishes. Yeah. I, and I like how Gabby was like, it's so weird, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The embracement of just saying what it is. I think the characters felt very genuine in how they were responding to the situation. And so I really, especially Gabby, just expressive. It felt more expressive than it did scripted. I liked that about her character. Um, and also all the other women. Irony, you mentioned that conversation. All the women were just so rich. I mean, the aunt who's a working mom and trying to go to law school and has the f- support of her family. Like, that's amazing. And the abuela not taking her own advice and they're calling her out on it. Like, so great. I just love it. The strength of the women in this really did mm-hmm. stand out to me. These were all beautiful, well-rounded, well-thought-out characters. And, you know, we've talked about in these movies, the jobs that women have and we're sick and tired of seeing them as event planners working at a magazine or decorators. Here we saw a woman who's a coder and that was really great to see. Now I do want to bring up something that's not specific to this movie. It's specific to Lifetime. I have a beef with Lifetime. You have a beef with Lifetime. Let's hear it. I know. (laughs) All three of these networks, GAC, Hallmark, and Lifetime all put graphics at the bottom of the screen during the movies to add advertise upcoming films. Hallmark and GAC are very small. They don't really bother me. They're there. I see them. Okay, whatever. Lifetime has a big, giant box that takes up more than a sixth of my TV screen. I (laughs) measured it. And I'm missing parts of the movie. Fix that lifetime. Fix it. Since there was a lot of Spanish in the film and they had subtitles, hopefully it wasn't covering any of the subtitles. It did not cover subtitles and I appreciated that. I'll admit, I have a hard enough time reading subtitles as it is because I'm a very slow reader. It takes me a long time and I usually miss about half of the title. So that's another reason I think I want to go back. Now that I know the story, I don't have to pay so much attention to the subtitles so I can actually see more of the movie. I felt like the subtitled text was not very easy to read. It could have been thicker. Yeah, it could have been It needed to be way better. I was like, what are they doing? It's really hard to read. They need to change that. Change that and change the banner or the box. Change the box. Change the (laughs) box lifetime. If that's the main complaint, I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know what you're going to say. No kidding. It's the one place that GAC has lifetime (laughs) beat. 
Um, heard it here first, Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> I'm glad that it sounds like we all appreciated the movie. I know I probably want to travel to Oaxaca, Mexico as a result of this and really had a fine appreciation for the culture and characters and location that was highlighted. I, I mean, say podcast very... in a pear tree field trip. Oh, it's a if very we... artsy place. We could go there and take like a workshop. Mm-hmm. I know things and, about this. And if we go there for podcast in a pear tree, it'll probably be tax deductible. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. A live on location. <laughs> that would be so much fun. At any rate, folks, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please follow and rate. And if you feel so inclined, click and write a review for us. Find us where you find all your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.